Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Hey! <laughs> I had euthanasia.com up on my browser, and now I don't remember why. Oh, I Were think we... you sent it to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was right. I sent it to you. We weren't doing a bit, like... Okay. No, that's right. real life. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Uh, guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined, as always, by the number one producer in Late Night. It's Dave Willimowski. actually impressive my, my eyes are tearing up now <laughs> i need a drink <laughs> alan froze up um i'm doing good uh i've been working a lot this week but i did have fun and with the the nfl stuff check it out classic tie got that on tonight oh pretty happy used to heaven oh no 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 pull that tie back up give everybody a good look at that who you got on yeah. there you got uh machine gun kelly there you got you got bruce smith and thurman thomas the, the old dream team yeah, yeah. You you used to having men dripping down your neck there, Dave. Oh my goodness! Just, I mean, every once in a while. All right. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know what I love how we have this ongoing theme on the show where whenever we know we're tight on time, like hey, we gotta we gotta keep it snappy. We're tight on time. Got a great interview yeah. tonight. Huge <laughs> guest on the show. There's no time for dilly dally. So what do we do? We blow like forty minutes in the monologue. This is the, tonight is a four hour show now. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten to viewer mail yet. It didn't. That didn't even occur to me till right now. People are going to think their video froze. Yeah. Or the podcast. Or yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. I was going to say we'll edit that out, but we know we're not going to. <laughs> Time for that. Um, boy, the British really know their pomp and circumstance, don't they? Like, I'm actually genuinely impressed whenever anything happens in Great Britain. Like, the whole country just comes out for it. Yeah. <laughs> they would. Uh, the Queen's funeral procession has been the talk of the globe ever since Elizabeth II died. Uh, do we have a picture of the Queen? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Queen. Yeah, that's her. Got it. Yeah, it is. Don't wow. you forget it. Uh, the outpouring of mourners has really been something to behold. However, I do have one small criticism i happened to catch the motorcade that was escorting the queen's coffin down the street on on video and i gotta tell you their their choice of music probably leaves a little something to be desired here have, have a listen doesn't seem very appropriate to me i don't know I wouldn't think it'd be so upbeat. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, that's it. Was that's what she wanted. Oh, so. yeah, you got to honor her wishes. Do, do you do you have a song, Dave? Like, do you have a song that you if you that you'd want played at your funeral? Um, I, that what's that? I get knocked down, but I get up again. That's like <laughs> it's inspirational. Give everybody a bunch of blind hope. <laughs> Well, especially especially the kids, I think. All right. Uh, boy, it's never good news when you see the term libertarianism trending on Twitter. Oh, no. Every time I see that, I have to click on it to see what did somebody do? Somebody said something autistic, and now it's trending on Twitter, <laughs> and the normies have picked up on it. Uh, but this time, I noticed something a bit different. I want you to take a look at this right here. There's libertarianism trending on Twitter, but below that, you have Islam. And and even more than that, Islam is trending under sports. Oh. 
What's uh, what's the correct nomenclature for that popular sport, Islam? Oh, <laughs> what do you uh? Let's let's toss the old Islam around. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, care to play a round of Islam? Just a round. Oh, I got it. Dave, want to go shoot some Islam? Oh no. What? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm talking about the sport. I yeah, I understand. It, yeah, it's, it's what they did. Yeah, all right. It, it just <laughs> it's wait, wait, hold on. it's what they did. What? No, well, Dave, the, 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 please the Twitter, ex- the Twitter explain. People. Oh no, yeah, the Twitter people. Yeah, yeah. The Twitter people. Yeah, it's what they did. <laughs> uh, speaking of what they did, I hate to get political in the monologue, so we try to just have a good time in the monologue, tell some jokes, share some laughs, but. Uh, we don't have any time in the guest segment to cover this, and I wanted to bring up the whole Martha's Vineyard thing. Have you seen this in the news where uh, Governor Ron DeSantis packed a private jet with 50 uh, illegal immigrants and he sent them to Martha's Vineyard? He's just trying to bring a little diversity to to the yeah. left-wingers up there in the Northeast who, I mean, they always claim that they crave it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I'm not going to let them get off the hook this easily because everyone's taking their victory laps. The left-wingers are taking their victory laps saying, oh, well, you know, it was a good experience and, and God bless those poor people. Uh, and and Ron DeSantis, he's just a human trafficker. That's what that was. Oh. And you have the right-wingers taking their victory laps saying, oh, you don't like diversity after all, huh? <laughs> but I have a little bit different perspective on the whole thing that I want to share. Uh, so first of all, do we do we have a picture of Martha's Vineyard? Oh, a current one. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, that's that's live. That's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. What's it's in pretty those, wild? What's in those bags? Like to go containers. Yeah, they've been to ponchos. <laughs> all right. Oh. Uh, anyway, the thing I wanted to drive home is is that a lot of right wingers have been pointing out that the left wing are hypocrites. Imagine that hypocrites in politics. I know. But they're they're hypocrites because they claim to be about diversity and inclusion, and they claim to support uh, open borders and free migration. However, when migrants showed up at their doors, what was it, 48 hours later, they actually had the military come in and escort them all out of the area? I don't know where they actually sent them to, but they're gone. They're not in Martha's Vineyard anymore. not here, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. That might be what the official narrative was, and then and then the spin doctors take it from there. But I actually want to suggest something a little bit different, and this is particularly directed to our conservative friends who are all patting themselves on the back for this epic troll. So you guys are pointing out the hypocrisy of the left for taking these people that they don't want in their community and getting rid of them. What stopped y'all from doing that? Mm. Right, because, I mean, if you look at the Constitution under the enumerated powers, it doesn't say that the federal government has authority over immigration. Naturalization and immigration are not the same thing, by the way. And they don't have power over immigration. And even if you're going to say I'm a federal for supremacy, they've claimed that power. The, the left wing does something really well. You know what it is that they do? They don't ask permission. They just decide we're going to do a thing, and then they do it. And what, is, what do the Republicans do? They cry about it. And what happens? Nothing at all. So has it ever occurred to any of these right-wingers that, you know what, we should just start, if, I mean, the southern border is a heck of a lot closer than Martha's Vineyard. What was that, Delaware? What is that? It's, it's, it's in one of those, I was about to say a bad word. It's in, it's in one of those homo states. That's slightly better than what I was going to say. Uh, the southern border is a lot closer than Delaware, so why don't you pack up these immigrants and send them back south of the border? Actually, I, had a, I actually proposed this to a friend of mine, and he said, well, that makes sense to me, but what if what if Mexico says no, particularly for the migrants that are not of Mexican descent? What if they say, well, we're not, we're not going to allow you to drop them off? I dare them to stop me. What are they, they going to do? Are the Mexican authorities going to open fire on vehicles from, you know, like the state of Texas or the state of Florida? They Trust, Mexico don't want that smoke, as the kids say. <laughs> they ain't going to do that. So instead of asking Washington, D.C. about how you can deal with your migrant crisis, start deporting them. 
And I'm not even necessarily saying where I stand on the issue one way or the other, left or right. I'm just saying that the left wing always just takes the action that the right wing wishes they had, but for them it's too late. You know what? This immigration crisis has really struck close to home for a lot of America's richest and most influential American families, including that of former President Barack Obama. Take a listen right here. My dearest Michelle, it is day two of the siege on Martha's Vineyard. Invaders have me weary and stricken with defeat. I hope to secure provisions for the day and write you on the morrow. I fear the end is near. Barack. That's how he sounds, by the way, when he's hanging around with yeah. his white friends. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know they got the different voices. Anyway, guys, this is a great show for you tonight. Doc Dixon's going to be with us later in the evening. We're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this commercial break. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, hey, Dave. Yes, Alan. What time is it? It's time for Meme of the Week. I wonder if he's thinking of me. If I don't lift this, I'm gay and my whole family dies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we've, we've all got to hype ourselves up somehow. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme. Instant rice cookers have come a long way since 1945. Oh, my. Yeah. Much more convenient. Fit on your countertop. Um, I'm claiming the moral authority to make that joke because my most read article was about that. So don't don't say nothing. (laughs) I don't know. You're being offensive. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, let's waste a little bit more time. So well, I actually it. made a post about that earlier in the week, too. So we've mm-hmm. gotten we've gotten a lot more views lately. I shared the analytics with you. You saw that, right? Yeah, it's, it's getting scary. It, it, it's a little bit frightening that people are watching the show. But anyway, <laughs> um, along with more views, had a little had a little bit more criticism as well. And the biggest criticism we've been get, getting over and over each week is... What you're saying is offensive. Here's the thing. That was my explicit intent. Like they 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 feel like they feel like they're really hitting me with something to say that we're being offensive when I was trying to offend them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if you're offended by it, it probably was directed at you and it's my it's it's like my cheat code way of telling you I don't want you around. <laughs> yeah, cleaning out the riffraff, right? Yeah, the riffraff, like people that watch Abbott Elementary or the Emmys. That was the one from last week. So some people who apparently really like Abbott Elementary got offended by our clip. Yeah. So that really is a show that people watch. It's so weird. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, leave it up to left-wingers to make shows about, you know, elementary schools. Am I right? Uh, Dave, let's go ahead and answer some viewer mail. All right. I know you're oh, thinking. You should have did the Star Wars one. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I thought what I thought you were gonna say is I thought you were gonna say, but Alan, you forgot you forgot the sponsor for tonight's show. Dave, we have no time. We have no time for that. So leave me alone. All right. All right. Uh, the first question comes from we we wouldn't be wasting as much time. If I actually had the questions pulled up ahead of time. First question comes been. from Justin Campbell, who writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, which O and two team is legitimately bad this year?" 
Panthers, Bengals, Raiders, all of them. Your sports ball and buddy, Justin. Mm. Um, I tell you what. So first of all, if you guys had gone over to Alan's Sunken Cost Money Pit, which is in my Substack, which is right down there in the show notes, and you had bet a hundred dollars on all my picks and like ten bucks on the parlays, you'd be ahead like two hundred and sixty dollars right now, or something like that. I forget what the oh. the exact number is, but you'd you'd be ahead. You'd have made money. I'm trying yeah. to help you. I've been meaning to start gambling. Got to do that. I I what I'm hoping is is maybe we'll get a high roller who will take my picks and like bet the house and then they'll mm-hmm. win a ton of money. The least mm-hmm. you could do is kick us back like a couple percent since we're yeah. the ones who made the picks, right? <laughs> anyway, Justin, the answer to your question is is I'm actually going to say the worst team in the NFL right now is the Colts and they're actually not one of the 0 and 2 teams because their first game was a tie. So they're technically <laughs> 0 1 and 1. Technically that's better than 0 and 2. But in real life, we know that a tie is another way of saying you're gay. The Colts, oh. the Colts are gay because they have a tie. They, they like you don't tie. Who ties? You don't tie. Yeah. You you either win or you go down like a man, which that kind of sounds gay too. Oh, so Justin, figure, figure that out. Uh, Clay Davis writes, "Dear Alan and Dave." What would be? I'm sorry, Dave. Did you have any comments on the I, NFL season? I did not. All right, just just, just <laughs> nope. go Bills. Am I right? That's just yeah. That's all. That's all, all right. I got. Dear Clay Davis, right? Steering on a Dave. What would be the? Oh, look, we're already out of time. Uh, all right, all right. We're, we'll we'll go fast, Dave. We'll go fast. No, no, no. All right. You, you keep your hand off the. I saw that speed run. All right, we're, all right. <laughs> Clay Davis right here today. What would be a current active musical group or artist that you've not you've not seen live, but rearrange your priorities to go see? Dave, who who would you like to go see? I don't really know any uh, current artists. Uh, I'll say uh, Foo Fighters. Do they still tour? I'll do that. Um, <laughs> sure, Foo Fighters. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Eric Eli writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what's your favorite pumpkin flavored anything? Your mom, Dave? Uh, pie. Yeah. All right. Pie's good. Uh, Carl Huber writes, Dear Alan and Dave, are humans a species of animal or are animals another species of human? Uh, shit, Carl, I was going to look this up for you. No, it, 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 it's like, you know, this, the, the, gen, the genus and the familia. And yeah. the, it's, it's a whole, trust the science, Carl. Jesus, come on, go. man. Uh, Aaron Kittner writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what's a movie you didn't enjoy that everyone else loved and vice versa? No vice versa, Aaron. You only get one question. Dave, what's a, mm-hmm. what's a movie you didn't enjoy? Uh, oh, jeez. I should have checked these over. I'm not You're out of time. The, the correct answer right. is... Um, shit, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Derek <laughs> T. sent us a picture of the Little Mermaid. Derek, that's not a question. And a little creepy. Uh, Keith McQuarrie writes, Dear Alan and Dave, do you believe in demonic possession? No. Dave, what about you? Uh, yeah. My you button's be- not working. Yeah. You believe exactly. in demonic possession? I do. I'm going to say you're wrong because you're, and this is why, this is actually, thank you. This is actually a very serious answer to Keith and your your question. Um, you shouldn't underestimate the evil that humans can do. All right, uh, Andrew Avery writes, uh, Dear Alan and Dave, when bees move to a new hive, do they have a house swarming party? Andrew, we have no time! There's no time tonight! <laughs> uh, Bri- R- Brian Seaver, is Ryan banned again already? <laughs> it was one week, Ryan! You only made it one. Ryan writes, Dear Alan and Dave, if you could redo one decision that, that you made in life, what would it be? Oh, Ryan, you definitely don't have time for that. <laughs> um, here. Ryan, if you're here, remind us in the after party. We'll spend the whole after party on that one. Uh, Marilyn Willimowski writes, Dear Alan and Dave, Uh-oh. have you ever been pantsed? And have you ever pantsed <laughs> someone? Um, no, but I think that's, I think that's considered rape now. I don't think you could just go around doing that. Dave? Uh, I, I can't remember a specific time, but I'm sure it happened at some point, like out on the football field or, 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 uh, gym class or something. And also just Monday night, I, I got Mary real good, just right behind her all the way down to the ankles. It's hilarious. That's where that question came from. (laughs) Okay, I'm so glad I could get rape in right before this segment with Doc. Uh, and finally, D3 asks, Dear Alan and Dad, Dad, 
you know it's you and not me, right? Dear Alan and Dad, where are my sunglasses? Dave, have you taken D3 sunglasses? Uh, I assume they're in your room. If you'd clean it every once in a while, you might find them. Oh. Uh, So, D3, you get dunked on for not cleaning your room. And Dave, you get dunked on by D3 for having a fat head. All right. Uh, We're going to be back with comedian magician Doc Dixon right after this commercial break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. That was the longest delayed uh we've ever had on the I thought we were I thought we were going to the finale. It was the show's over. Yeah. We we don't have time for that, Dave. Jesus. All right. Uh quick programming note, because I see people chatting. Uh everyone who's saying, Oh, you don't like sanctuaries anymore, huh, demon crats. Martha's Vineyard is not a sanctuary city, and Massachusetts is not a sanctuary state. That bill actually never got passed. So if you're going to dunk on them, at least dunk on them intelligently. It's not a sanctuary city. Anyway, we actually had Doc Dixon here in the studio. He was actually here this weekend, and before you ask, yes, we did go to Poncho's afterwards. Oh, really? Yes, we did. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. So, guys, here is my conversation with Doc Dixon. So you go by the name Doc Dixon. How disappointed were your parents that you flunked out of medical school, even though they named you Doc? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was an EMT. That's how I got the oh, nickname. Okay. So while mom was uh, disappointed Doc did not stand for doctor, she was thrilled it didn't stand for Department of Corrections. <laughs> I feel like I'm like you're setting me up to do a buffet of jokes that I don't do in my act <laughs> Let's do the Department of of Corrections joke. We'll take that. You mean you didn't use the Department of Corrections jokes on Huckabee? No, no, I I, I did not. We had a very limited time. It was, uh, had to squeeze in six minutes of entertainment. Unlike here, we're squeezing in six minutes of entertainment in like 40. So we're stretching six minutes of entertainment. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, what about this? I'm having like shut down Zoom flashbacks right now. <laughs> During the Zoom times, which uh, the Zoom times, the, Zoom times the, the shutdown times, I, a lot of performers like myself, because mm-hmm. our jobs are basically made illegal, you know, we're doing shows on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And some of the early Zoom shows, Zoom shows, mm-hmm. Zoom shows, he's a I professional did, performer, by the I, way. I talk, yeah, stuff, were like for retirement communities. So it, it the juxtaposition of our wonderful senior uh people mm-hmm. uh having to get used to Zoom and there and there was a lot of like, you know, wonderfully sweet old people who, you know, beat the commies for us. Thank you. But were beaten by tech and they're like, What is this? What? What am I off? What? And I living in constant fear that uh, some octogenarian would take his iPad to the bathroom, mm-hmm. thinking he had the camera shut off. Now I know that with a lot of perform, there's a lot of performers out there, not not just magicians, lots of different types of performers that they're very particular about what is what is filmed, what is put on tape, because you might not want to have some. It's it's a live performance type of a thing, and you don't want to necessarily have it on film that someone can then take and dissect and that sort of thing. Do you have that attitude? I think being here right now, being filmed, is a testament to exactly how particular I am. Amen, brother. By the way, I'm really excited to be. I'm like one of the first guests here on the new sports ball. Right? When's Mike getting here? 
I was I thought you were about to say you're one of the first guests to be live in person. I was gonna have to say sorry, it's actually Mike Meharry. This isn't sports ball? This I isn't sports ball. I mean we could talk would you rather talk about sports? We can talk about sports. No, never mind. Let's get let's go back. We saw Mike was gonna be here. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're talking. Uh it, uh if I'm if I know I'm gonna be I mean some of it okay. Uh decades ago. You know, concerts are like, you can't shoot stuff. That my concert's yeah. a big name. Now, though, society's just changed. That that battle's lost. I mean, there are a few exceptions, like uh, Dave Chappelle, you know, drop your phones in the box, lock them up kind of thing. But they're few and far between, and now it's just grasped, you know, by big name acts. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And by showbiz work and stiffs like myself, it is what it is. Yeah. So, But if I know I'm going on TV... Excuse me. Uh, I want to pick something that's pretty bulletproof, mm-hmm. uh, if, because particularly magic is not always an easy shoot. Particularly mm-hmm. close-up magic. I mean, the exception uh, fool us. I mean, it's not an easy shoot, but they're the best. Yeah, because they've shot hour upon hour upon hour of magic, so they really know what they're doing and. Like other camera people, although they're great and they're professionals, Magic offers some unique challenges and every act mm-hmm. can offer some unique challenges. So I try to pick something that's pretty bulletproof. You said you were an EMT before. How long have you been, how long would you have described yourself as a magician? Uh, since my early 20s, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's when I started doing it for a living for money. Okay. Healthy lucre. But... Would you say that the 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 dawn of the internet age, where anyone can pull out their smartphone or get on YouTube or Google or whatever and look things up in five seconds, has that made any impact to kind of the mystery of magic performances? Uh yeah, but minor. Uh, like okay, fool us. Just as an example, you got myself or another magician goes on there. They do something which fools Penn and Teller. I mean, they're, they're uh, wicked smart. You know, they know their magic stuff. And you look through the comments, well, one, the ability to watch things again and again and again and to watch things on a small screen as opposed to a live performance. Yeah. Uh, virtually every fooler on there gets dissected eventually That's, yeah. or, or not so eventually quickly. So it's changed that. Uh, just accept that it is what it is. Uh, another thing you don't do, like this is a, a big mistake, is... Magician never wants to refer to the trick by its searchable name. Okay. Because that just... You're just you know, making it that much easier. It that much easier. Yeah. 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 So, okay, so by its searchable name. So you're saying then that within the magician community, there's sort of just textbook titles and labels for things that are done. Yeah. And then everyone's sort of coming up with their own sort of spin on it, their own sort of branding. Um... Your first part is correct. Your second half, I wish it was correct. Everyone is not coming up with their own particular branding. I mean, um, pardon the repeated self-referential thing here. On Fullest, the ending, when I made the uh, the quirk pee end up in the walnut, I created that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the the shell game, I don't want to say we copy each other, but it's because that really doesn't work in magic. It's more so it's a classic routine and we have similarities and Mm -hmm. that's it. So magician, comedian. Yes, sir. Would you say that you're a magician that talks funny or a comedian that does tricks or are they two totally separate entities of the same person? Uh, I'm Doc Dixon. You know, I, I let my clients decide what I am. I mean, I think of myself as a magician. Mm-hmm. But I found that they frequently think of my me as a, as the comedian, but I but I have I have the bona fides of a magician, obviously, mm-hmm. and the bona fides of a comedian are uh, uh, not as objective. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they are, but you know, I mean, it's, it's the, the fullest thing helps a lot. Well, no, you're a magician, uh, but I, I have a little inner joke in my head. You know, magic without comedy is deeply inhumane probably a violation of the Geneva Convention. Now, I don't put that on the art form as a whole, but for me, I, I want to bring, I want to, mm-hmm. like, some, okay, this is uh, when I when I speak to other magicians and uh, sometimes a lecture to them, part of our little odd subculture we have. Mm-hmm. 
gatherings, not covens. That's the witches. Uh, a tip I suggest, and it's something I practice and do, in the scripts for my trick, uh, the, the jokes are where I want the last to be, or I hope the last will be if it's not, not jokes I've done before. I highlight it in green. <laughs> and so I have a visual representation of, if I'm looking at a page and there's not much green on it, I'm like, you know, it, uh, in common it's phrase, punching it up. I, I, gotta, I gotta punch that up with some fine. So it's, it's one of those things. I'm a comic. I'm a comic that does magic, dang it. Okay. Well, I was asking you. I don't care what and other I'm, people label I'm you too, as. I'm too. What, what do you think of it as? I think of myself as a comic who does magic. Okay. And a magic who does comedy. You're a magic who does comedy. Go ahead and write that, write that down for the act when you're at it. Have you ever done a trick to get out of something like a speeding ticket? Or what about any other favors? What? These bloody rags on the That body? I don't know. Pick a card. You don't know. I, I've kind of hoped for that to happen in some odd ways. I mean, not the bloody thing, but to get a speeding ticket and, you know, boom, away, I got a trick there. There you go. That'd be kind of a cool story. But uh, I've, I've never had it happen. I, I, I guess I don't get stopped that much. Okay, now here's a good one that I think applies to people in all areas of entertainment or even or even service industry for that matter. Obviously, this is something you've worked at for a long time. You've enjoyed a lot of success doing it. Your your name has been in the lights. And obviously, I'm sure you have friends and family like, oh, this is my buddy Doc. He, he tells jokes. He does tricks. How much do you run into the issue of friends or family saying, hey, now I know this is what you do for a living, but hey... Uh, Susie's number, second birthday party's coming up. Why don't you come over and do some tricks for us? I'm, or, or better yet, how do you handle that situation? In real life, I'm not that likable. It keeps, <laughs> it keeps those requests. No, uh, I, that stuff comes up, and you know, it's kind of a case by case thing. But you know, I, I, I know some people do it they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that kind of thing. I'm like, you're my friend. Mm -hmm. You know, when when I uh, got to move, I hate moving. And my mm -hmm. wife and I probably moved half a dozen times during our marriage. And, oh, hey, moving's the death. Sure. You know, when you have friends that come over and help you move, mm -hmm. uh, that's certainly far more arduous than me doing a little magic show for somebody. So, yeah. I've uh, I've done it at my kids' school a few times over the years. Yeah, sure. Done that. Oh, I tell you what, I did this one. My father-in-law, my father-in-law is a uh, retired pastor, and he asked me to do this ministerial banquet for a friend of his. Okay, that's back when we lived in Pennsylvania. So I'm a, I'm 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 very slouchy on the show so the comfort you induce him that's because that's you have my normal chair i would be slouchy i have to sit up now because of this chair well i'm, I'm a bigger man older guy. anyway uh he asked me to do this ministerial banquet and i'm unpacking my stuff and, and a fair amount of my show is 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 card tricks mm -hmm. you know uh that, that plays to a large audience so he looked at it and he goes oh appreciate if you if you wouldn't do those man i don't have a problem with it and but, you know, some of the congregation might, you know, mm -hmm. card tricks. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, that's odd because uh, it's the 21st century and we're near Pittsburgh, not the 16th century. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in medieval times or whatever. So I think I go, okay, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I did rework some stuff. <laughs> I forgot because I'm thinking if he had a problem with cars, he might have a problem with this. I had this trick in my show at the time where I had a Crown Royal bag. Uh-oh. And I gave it to somebody in the audience to hold. And it wasn't until that moment in the show I realized, oh, I just I just put the screws in this guy so bad. Uh, but oddly enough, I felt good. Yeah. <laughs> Now, okay. that in years. now, speaking of that phrase, I can do this. At what, where were you in your career, where whether it was a performance, big or small, whether it was mastering a particular trick, where were you when you actually said to yourself, "I can do this"? Like, I can do this for real. This isn't a hobby. I can do this. Oh, oh, for a living, uh, yeah. for a job, yeah, career. Uh, 
Um, you know, very young and probably shouldn't have thought that because I sucked. <laughs> but the hubris of youth is is strong. You know, it, it's funny. I was just talking. Uh, I did a TV spot last night. I was talking with the guys at the show and. One of the guys asked me, when did you like have the confidence in yourself to do this? It was on air. We're talking after the show. And uh, I, I said very seriously, any confidence I have really comes from one thing, being booked back. Mm -hmm. Because we can all fool ourselves, as I did when I was younger, that I was better than I was. But being booked back is a very object, ob objective metric. Yeah. Book back. Not only didn't you suck, but you didn't suck enough to fulfill a capitalistic obligation. Bring it back to Mises. I don't know. But, you know, it's, you don't suck. My audience is illiterate, so they're not going to have read Mises. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's it. That That's that's what it is now. That's the ongoing um, uh, confidence feeling I can do this that I get booked back. Mm -hmm. That's the metric that matters. Now, something you and I talked about a lot uh, in phone conversations before the show today is now you you run a tight ship and it's a clean program. It's it's G, would you say G rated or PG rated? I, I, I don't know. There's Somewhere in there. Here's the definition I do. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, grandma naughty. Okay. If the most you can bring your, if the edgiest I get, you bring your grandma to my show and she'll go, <laughs> you shouldn't have said that, yeah. but she'll laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I'm that, I'm that way for both personal and professional reasons. I'm, I mean, I'm sparing you a monologue on abortion for exactly this reason is so that you don't get tied into the stuff that I say and do. But so you, you do a clean program that is, that it's for general <laughs> audience. transition was so harsh. I got the bends. <laughs> I'll show you last week's show. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, you you do a show that's that's that family friendly, general audiences. It can be enjoyed by practically anybody, and and you're doing. Uh, no, I I want to kind of a little specificity on that. Mm -hmm. Good job on that one. I know that's a tough word. For me. It always <laughs> has been. Uh, if I'm working a comedy club. I'm not doing a quote family friendly show. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a show that is clean. I'm doing a show that is uh, you know, no blue material, but it's not family friendly in that, you know, if there's kids there, they're not getting these jokes, not the yeah. jokes of vulgar off color or anything. They're not just not getting them. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm only parsing the, the definition that way. Okay. Uh, if, if I'm booked at, uh, you know, a gig where it's going to be a broader range of audience. A few weeks ago, it was doing a festival gig. Then, that's more specifically those words, mm -hmm. family friendly. Well, so I, I was from a network standpoint. You're avoiding the the, the harsh profanities and that sort of thing, stuff yeah, that wouldn't get you bleeped out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's a business decision, right? Because you're thinking you're thinking long term of well, I I want to cast as wide of a net as possible. I want to be able to. Uh, apply my trade at a lot of different places. It, it's both business and personal. Uh, I wasn't always that way, but mm, mid late nineties is, is when I changed. I was working a lot of clubs in, in, in the nineties and I said, ah, I don't want to do that anymore. Just <laughs> was it me? I mean, now kind of my uh, rubric is the right word, uh, benchmark for the show. I realize some of the things I do as a comedic performer will embarrass my kids, but mm. I don't want to do anything to make them ashamed. Mm. You know, so that that's what, and meaning make them ashamed based on the standards I try to raise them. Yeah. Did we just have a deep moment? Yes, we did. But yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's let's take a moment just to kind of reflect on that. Okay. All right, that was good. Maybe. All right. So well, the what what I'm driving at is is that I know that because uh, we were talking about this before the show that you you're there's certain topics you stray away from there's there's certain things that you don't bring up because you're trying to be an entertainer you're not trying to be a political pundit and well, you're, you, okay, give me, I'm sorry to interrupt but give me only a quick illustration if you had another reason not to wait hold on for something 
Did you talk over Huckabee this many times? I'm not mad. I'm just curious. Is it? Is no, it... but that wasn't an interview. <laughs> I was there to magish for Pete's sake. The magish. Mahari. Now, now, is it Mahari or Mahari? It's either either. Hey, Mike. He doesn't Mike, even know your name. Know. He doesn't know. even know your name. Well, because I called him Mike from Moe's a nice fellow. It's Mahari, but Mahari. Yeah. It's Mahari, even though he doesn't have any e. Mahari. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I heard a story uh, several years back of a, a cruise ship uh, comic or magician. He did jokes about Donald Trump's hair. Mm -hmm. And you would think, uh, and this was, you know, before he was president. Yeah. You would think any joke topic about Trump, his hair should be, you know, open season on that. It polarized the audience. And it became a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so whether politics aside, you can't have distractions. It's yeah. it's it's like uh, you're doing a joke and someone in the back of a dark theater opens the door and a shaft of light comes through the room. That shaft of light isn't political, but it throws off the joke. Yeah. That's what it becomes. I don't want anything throwing off the jokes because I'm I'm not like most most shows, you know. I'm not paid to share my political opinions. I'm not paid enough to compromise them. Mm -hmm. But I'm not paid to share them, and and some and that makes me no different from a plumber or a carpenter. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. I'm just doing what I do. Well, so because it, I guess for me, it is it it's perfectly reasonable to say that. Well, look, if I'm an anarchist or a radical libertarian, those are probably all sorts of things that my audience doesn't want to hear about if they're here to hear some jokes or yeah. watch some tricks. However. We live in really, really polarizing times, and it seems like not it's not just what you don't say, it's being associated with anyone or anything, people will draw their own conclusions. Have you, have you experienced that in any way? No. Good. I mean, just, I mean not, not that I know that it's affected my work. I mean, uh, you know... Obviously, we've all had a thing. You put something on Facebook and, you know, that you think mm -hmm. is a harmless thing or is a self-evidentiary thing. Self-evidentiary. That's self-evident. Okay. Mm -hmm. Self-evident thing. And someone from one political side or the other, you got to go all T-Rex on it. I'm like, oh, clicks. Yeah. Stop. But but that's in the world of Facebook and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't really have problems with that. Okay. So since you brought up Facebook. You're you would consider you're a public figure in the sense that you're an entertainer. Your name and likeness is out there. I here's how I describe it. I have the marquee value of the second string weekend weatherman guy <laughs> in a in a mid range market. Well, that being neither here nor there, obviously social media is could theoretically be a valuable tool because your name and likeness is out there and people are are sure people are following you. People that are genuinely interested in you and what you do. But that also then, it seems like there's that ratio of the the more attention you draw, then inevitably the more, I think people call them barnacle accounts. The people who latch on to you because they're they're being critical. They're looking for reasons to be judgmental. They're they're looking for things. You, as you had pointed out, something that you consider to be relatively innocuous, that like, look, I'm not trying to cause waves here. This is just... You know, look look at the sandwich I made last Tuesday. But somehow it gets construed oh. into a statement. Okay, here's the solution in action. I think it was uh, uh, New Year's Eve uh, on the TV. Uh, on, on the TV. Uh, the, the New Year's Rockin' Eve thing mm -hmm. you used to call it back in the day. And it was like, you know, always some couple that get engaged. Yeah. And there was a couple that got engaged and they kissed. Beautiful, Martin. Mm -hmm. Both with their face masks on. They kissed with face masks on. And I made some snarky comment about how disturbing I found that was. I, I mean, I really don't care. I don't know people's health issues, whatever. But I do know enough. Mm -hmm. Don't kiss with face masks <laughs> Yeah. And I made some snarky tweet about it. And some, I don't know, whoever it was commented, oh, blah, 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 blah. What are you even all these people and suffering and such. Here's my response. Click block. 
does. You know, moving yes. on. Thank you. Moving on. Thank you. If, if you're pro-face, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was kink-shaming. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what made the guy happy. But I, I just click moving on next. Yeah. Well, so something, uh, thank you. Something I've said on this program many times, people should be much more liberal with their use of the block and mute features. It's not, yeah. it's not just me not wanting to hear from this random jerk. It's I don't want that jerk being a part of my community. I don't want him around. It's just boorish. That's yeah. all. That's what next. Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe you haven't had that issue, but you brought up the lockdowns, yeah. the lockdowns and mandates and all that stuff. Do you do you still run into? So I mean, fast forward to we're in the later stages of 2022. Do you still have see some occasional issues of this venue has certain policies, this other venue has different policies, or is that largely gone away at this point? Not in the venues I work. It's largely gone away in the venues I work. Okay, it's simple as that. I know there are venues outside of where I work that still have policies i do not work in those venues okay so you're making... and, and not that they're lining up to ask me to work them i don't mean like sure that. I, yeah i don't work those <laughs> that's it yeah so you don't work those venues but you will work the two-year-old's birthday party i'm not doing many birthday parties <laughs> right. yeah. well okay, okay so that's that's kind of where we're at in 2022 it doesn't matter what you do in your life if you're a magician you could fool pen and tell everybody so so can you come to Chucky and Chucky's? He's turning four for Chucky. Hey, look, $20 is $20, okay? <laughs> so, well, okay, but let's let's rewind. We're thinking 2020, thinking 2021. Can I get vodka in this? Okay. Uh, what do you mean, can you get? Can you get this? I'm talking to an imaginary person, I'm trying to create the illusion here. Yeah. Tell me if you can taste what rupees taste like, though. Um. Yeah, right? Norm Macdonald had an old bit where he was making fun of Cosby, and in in his particular thing, uh, he would he would tell the joke as in Cosby was handing someone a drink, but the drink was purple and fizzing. <laughs> Do you tell a lot of Cosby jokes in your routine? No, 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 no. no he's a little. <laughs> you know, yes, lampooning rapist doesn't lend itself to the uh, the fun vibe that I try to express with people. That's where we're different. Everybody has to have their own thing. It's a big world. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay, so before I get off too far off track, so 2020, 2021, did you, did you do a lot of work during that time, or was it kind of like just industry ride? We're all just on the bench waiting to see what, what happens. Okay, I get a uh, Reader's Digest version of that. Uh, March 13th, 2020. Okay. That's when... Without going into too much detail, literally tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars fell off my books. Yeah, a lot of guys were like that. Uh, or you know, work that was already contracted, and then add to that work to be contracted. Uh, many of us were. Eh, it's gonna end by the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't. Uh, we kind of waited out. then you transition to zoom doing what you could on zoom it varied with performer to performer how successful they were with that mm -hmm. and when i say how successful they were with that i don't mean the quality of the show more so the nature of their client base yeah uh performers that had like use an example generic example cruise ship magicians cruise ship magicians tend to be locked into a lot of their work is just cruise ships and so, and cruise ships weren't booking Zoom entertainers. Sure. <laughs> you know, so that's rough. Uh, guys who had a broader uh, client base were able to adapt better. Mm -hmm. uh, to be frank, younger performers and a kind of tech generational thing, I think were able to uh, uh, adapt a little better. Um, well, let me ask you this, because yeah. this was something that we experienced here, is did you find that when the dust was finally settling, there were there were clubs, there were venues that you loved that weren't there anymore, and opportunities that weren't there anymore? And, and I don't mean I don't mean close temporary. I mean, they're gone. They didn't make it. it. it oh, tragic story. Uh, you know, in a business context, uh, it was... <clears throat> Gentleman started his, his own magic club, magic theater. Mm -hmm. 
just a few months before the uh, shutdown. I believe, I think I was booked to work it in April 2020. He had even changed his name to a very kind of classical magician-y sounding name, mm-hmm. which is what the club was named after. Well, uh, my understanding, and I, I don't remember all the details, which is why I'm not mentioning him by name. Uh, my understanding of it was his, his uh, the person from whom he leased the property, you know, worked with him as long as he could, but then, you know, went on and on and on in his dream. Yeah. Smoke. I, I, I do not believe he's restarted it up since then. That's yeah, just brutal, brutal stuff. Yeah. We, we had a similar experience where, you know, we were providing audio video services, things like that to people. And some of our uh, regular annual customers, like your annual customers are the best because you just know, looking to your future calendar, I know this date's booked. I know this yeah. date's booked. Um, and I'll, I'll give you one example. We did a lot of the relays for life. You know, the American Cancer Society, they sure. have the relay for sure. life. And for a lot of those, uh, something a lot of people at home might not realize is for a lot of these nonprofits, um, no matter how much money the main organization, the parent company might get, um, it's a lot of small local teams of volunteers yeah. and all of your little small town USAs that really put those events on. I do a lot of fundraisers for those. Guys. Yes, there you go. And what is very unfortunate is we had a whole series of those that we did every, every spring and summer, and they're gone. And I don't mean gone as in we're no longer providing the service. I mean, they're gone. The committees have folded. They've moved on with their lives. Yeah, that, that was r- related to that. Uh, another thing that got hit by uh, the shutdown, not just businesses, but, but a lot of businesses, a lot of charities, their fundraising Mm-hmm. No longer jibed with all the lockdown stuff. And so, yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal stuff. Well, let's try to end on something a little bit a little bit brighter than that part of the conversation. If you can't na- if you can name one great, if you can't name one, give me like a short list. Who would you say are some of your biggest inspirations? You mean professionally? I'll say professionally. We won't, we won't go with like Gandhi or anything. We'll say like professionally who you're It would not be Gandhi either way. <laughs> it's Teddy Roosevelt, isn't it? No. No? The mustache. Yes. He proved, despite all the bad <laughs> things he did, he proved how far a great stash can take you. Amen. He had the look. He, the, he knew that the, the wire glasses and the stash and the, and the, and the teeth. He's like, I um inspirations okay uh i'll start with some you would know of and some you wouldn't uh harry anderson mm-hmm. uh a lot of people don't realize before night court you know and even yep. into that he was a great stand-up comedy magic act fantastic and and what i dug about him was i've never been a big illusion show guy mm-hmm. yeah and by illusions that's a term magicians use for box tricks you know Put the person in the box. Put the swords in it. Blah, blah, blah. Puff of smoke. Cheetah. Whatever. Uh, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do do some, like, you know, sign Tom Winston half. Okay, that's yeah, a, yeah. a larger thing. But even that's played for comedy. Uh, Did you have to find a child's casket for that? For Tom? What? What? <laughs> We're all friends here. It's fine. You can tell me. It was, it was on a gurney. <laughs> Actually, uh, when I when I do this song, a lot of times I use a gurney to, to saw the person out. So I, I slept in my van from Georgia down to Orlando. I cannot help but think what people thought. This was in a great hotel, and I'm like carrying my luggage in on an ambulance gurney. Like somebody died. But uh, yeah, but Harry Anderson, talking about interrupting. Uh, yeah, he, he rocked the room with uh, everything in a carry-on. Mm-hmm. You know, fit in a carry-on bag and just, uh, yeah, funny, funny, funny. Uh, who, oh, uh, this is a closer performer, Don Allen. Mm-hmm. No one's heard of him. But he was on The Sullivan Show. He was on The Tonight Show. He was on, uh, in the 50s, in the early 60s, the Playboy After Hours show, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the 1950s. The 1950s, yes. Yes, yeah. the 1950s and 60s. Uh, that's incredible in the 80s. 
excuse me, and uh, he uh, just a funny close-up guy, and he, and he had this concept of in close-up magic of something called the circle of fun, mm -hmm. and I just don't want to be funny with my audiences. I want to be fun, particularly in close-up magic. And he was an inspiration, and and then uh, closer performer, the goat, uh, and no one's ever heard of him outside of magic. And he's he's been gone since I think two thousand two or two thousand five. Del Rey was his name from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Lived there, and if I, well, I get in all the details. I'm I'm hard to as a magician. I, I'm going to restate that. I'm hard to fool with a trick that's good. Mm. Because sometimes a trick can be kind of lame, but it's some like obscure mathematical thing. It's like, yeah, I don't know how it's done. Neither do I care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not a, it's not like, I wouldn't do that if I could do that by real magic. You know. But first time I saw Del Rey, one, it was a magic convention, uh, Columbus Magi Fest, early 90s. Delray, the only person I've seen ever since then, he got a standing ovation before he started. Mm -hmm. So that gives you an idea of how respected and, and yeah. awe he was by the community. And he was in his 70s, I think, then. He gets up and he does this trick, and I'll only describe it to you. Because uh, I hadn't really seen the act up until then. Sit at a table about the size of the table we have here, and people around him, and there's tiered seating around it, hundreds of people watching him. Tiered seating was great. And, and actually, that, that's one of the things that's sad about the advance in tech now. Now, close-up magic convention at conventions is done with big screens. You yeah. lose the intimacy of it. Yeah. Not looking at the guy, because most of them have the tiered seating. He prefers intimacy. That Write that down. Anyway, he sets, he sets this little uh, uh, plastic rabbit mm -hmm. on this woman's hand. He says, look at the rabbit. And, and he pauses a second. He says, and he had a voice kind of like uh, the old actor, Jimmy Durante. He says, it's a boy. <laughs> Gets a laugh. And then he says, no, I say that. It's a mother's instinct. She's checking if the feet are dirty. He says, hold the rabbit like that. And I get all the details of it. But he says, the rabbit is going to jump off your hand onto the table. No, we put it on a cup, plastic cup. It's going to jump off the cup, a clear cup, like you mm -hmm. find anywhere. Jump on the table. Or do a handstand on the cup, I think it was. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, he's setting up a gag. No way this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it happened. And I'm stunned. And he does several things like that, and he introduces this little plastic frog, and it happens. And he's standing 10 feet away from it, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff happens. Now, I was kind of newer to the magic community in the 90s, early 90s. And I didn't hang, wasn't hanging around a lot of magicians back then or until then. So I didn't know what the work was. I'm not going to share it now of his stuff. Of his work, of his perform the work mean as an expression when magicians say what's the work mm. mean the method yeah it was ten minutes into it that I overheard a conversation that just made the light bulb go off and I was like but those ten minutes were painful like in the best way possible yeah. he was just that good and he was an iconic magician he he worked for a client at the Kentucky Derby literally every year for 40 years. Wow. Uh, a great old guy, uh, traveled around. He was he was probably the last great magician of what was really the nightclub era, which ended mm -hmm. in the States in the 60s. Uh, just a great guy. I'm, sorry, I'm going on, I'm losing people out there, but, oh, but Del, Del Rey was great. I was he just was about to say, do you trip. think people would have been more interested in that story if you actually did the damn trip? <laughs> yes, they would, but I'm not. Del Rey was just trying you cannot go online, go on YouTube and uh, Delray Magician, and you can see. There's like uh, a clip of him at a magic convention where at the table is sitting the TV show host, uh, Dick Cavett, mm -hmm. who is a big magic en enthusiast and, and uh, you know knew his stuff. And Delray is just toasting him repeatedly. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just great stuff. But those are 
Yeah, Terry Anderson, uh, Don Allen, Delray. Inspirations. Ever had to deal with a really bad heckler? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I work better joints now, so it doesn't happen. I've had to deal with weird hecklers. Here's one. Uh, doing this gig, and this guy has his phone, and he's like, he's videoing my show. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see that. But he's walking around, and he's narrating it. Now, he's like 15 feet away, and I can hear him talking. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not physicist but i know how sound works if i'm 15 feet away and i hear him others within 15 feet can hear him yeah that's so i kind of stop the show go sir what are you doing and i might have said it a bit more polite or less ornery than that and he explained to me that there's apparently there's this streaming thing mm -hmm. that viewers go on and they watch the show uh, and he makes a little money off it or something like that. I'm like, this is the oddest thing ever. And he's doing this. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah. And now he's interacting with me. <laughs> so I don't know if I consider that a heckle mm -hmm. as more so uh, like a really odd person walked in on my show. I bet they were a libertarian. In fact, I mean, dead to rights had to be. I, 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 I don't know, but with just the oddest, the oddest thing. Here's a heckler tip. I do this. This isn't heckling per se, but this is when the guy says something that it, that that's funny, mm -hmm. and I welcome that because I'm I I'm there to bring funny, and if he gives me some funny, that's great. You know, yeah. I, I don't have sure. to go about that. So the guy says something funny. And the room laughs, and I will say this. I'll say, thank you. That was funny. you have That's the way to heckle. You've added to the show. And that, you know, it's kind of like the old expression, tell the truth on a slant gets a laugh. And I'll say, but, but keep in mind, later in the show, you'll be tempted to do that again. And it might not be funny that time. And then you'll have the awkward pause. So... What I've done there uh, is I've Kobayashi Maru'd the guy. Mm -hmm. Because if he says something again and it's funny, well, great, I win. It's funny. But if he says something again and it's awkward, all I have to do is this. And the audience recalls what I just said, and, and, and it pops the laugh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to need that, particularly it, at our last live. I needed that at our last live It's event. helpful. Yeah. It's I, uh, I, you know, we both know Tom and Jenna. Uh, Tom Woods and his his, his mm -hmm. new bride Jenna. Jenna's very much into Star Trek lore, very much Trek stuff. Uh, Tom's not into that at all. And we're chatting one day on the phone, and I referenced the Kobayashi Maru in the first mm -hmm. podcast I did with Tom, and uh, it was it was so funny because I'm I'm talking with Tom and Jenna on the phone at the same time. And, and I mentioned, and th by then I had met Jenna, and I knew Jenna was in the Star Trek. And I said, uh, uh, you know, Tom didn't know what the Kobayashi Maru was. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they went on to still get married, because it was the cutest, funniest thing. On the phone, Jenna goes, ooh! <laughs> it's like, so now, it was the dorms is what it was. Uh, now, I'm happy to hear that, so that we can all agree that Deep Space Nine was the best Star Trek series. You know, I would agree. Really? I, I, I knew I liked you. I, I, you know, as, as much as one can put a metric on that, it was definitely the, I mean, perhaps the most underappreciated. Avery Brooks, I'm a big uh, uh, Robert Parker, uh, Spencer yep. fan. Yep. And him as Hawk, he owned that. And he was great as Cisco. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and, and the, the Ferengi, mm -hmm. closest we'll get. Oh, well, I don't know if they're, I don't want to get they're Randians. Yeah. <laughs> the Randian uh, space figures. Yeah. It's definitely the most underrated. There you go. See, you heard it. You heard it from an expert. We're bringing people together yeah. here. Dun, 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 dun. There's credits. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> oh, you want the credits? No, I can, no, I can no, play the credits no, button. No. I don't know. I have to correct Doc on one thing. Uh, 
the Ferengi is not the closest thing we're going to get to libertarians in Star Trek. Those were clearly Jews. Everybody knows that, <laughs> that the Ferengi were Jews. I mean, come on, everybody knows they were Jews. So let's let's just be real. Uh, we're going to be back to wrap up the show right after this commercial break. Stick around. <laughs> If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at Alan Mosley TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash Alan Mosley TV. We're also on Odyssey. Go and support a free speech platform. That's odyssey.com. It's too late with Alan Mosley or at Alan Mosley TV. If you're more of a listener than a watcher, get us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. It's thanks to anchor.fm. It's anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV. Uh, Dave, do you have a final thought? Uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Good interview. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the lack of actual magic occurring, but... I well, guess the conversation was magical. Yeah. Well, so first of all, his friendship is the true magic. There we go. Also, he charges a lot of money to do magic tricks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have that. The, he actually was live. Uh, he was passing through town. He was actually live on Fox, like literally the night before he came to do this show. Could you imagine going from live television to this as <laughs> opposed thing, to the right? other way? Yeah. Seems backwards. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> no, he, I, hit... I swear to God, Dave, if yeah, you if I you should... hit a button, yeah. you yeah. say something. Say anything. Say, here. Apparently here, if just... I hit the space. Here. Oh, because I'm over there. Right. Here, here, I'll, I'll do it. Just just say, no, no, me. I'll say something. Oh, go to you. No, Jesus Christ. I totally meant to do that. Guys, thank you so much for listening to that episode. It's too late, and we will see you next week. Uh, after party? Yeah, a real quick one, I guess. Celeste, I hope you're here. I think that's you that I see in the chat. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna yes. dedicate the after party to Daisy. I think. Oh, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So, is, so did we ever get a confirmation during the interview segment? Is Ryan banned again? I didn't. I haven't. I don't think I saw him. Was he in here? Because he because he's posting on an alt in the viewer oh, mail. Yeah, that's, so that's trouble times that. ahead for the Seifert family.